welcome to Teaching Artist Podcast, a show dedicated to discussions of teaching art to kids, making art, and how those things overlap and feed each other. I'm Rebecca Potzagire, your host, an artist and educator. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited to share this episode with you. Before we dive in, I want to give a huge thank you to all of you teachers out there. I've heard from so many educators who are having a hard time right now, whether they're going back to virtual or hybrid teaching or dealing with enforcing mask mandates in person. Oh, it has not been an easy transition back to school after winter break. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing the amazing and important work that you do. You can always reach out on Instagram or email at teachingartistpodcast or teachingartistpodcast.com and connect or join us at our next Teaching Artist Lounge community meeting. The next one will feature mini artist talks and will be free. It is scheduled for Saturday, January 29th at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, or whatever time it is for you. To register, just go to teachingartistlounge.eventbrite.com. The Teaching Artist Lounge is a safe and supportive community for artists who teach. In partnership with Victoria Fry of Visionary Art Collective, we get together every month to discuss a topic related to art and or education, and we frequently bring in guest speakers to share their knowledge with us. The goal is to bring together teaching artists to share challenges, successes, and resources so that we can feel less alone on these islands of the studio and the classroom, so we can support and inspire each other and learn skills and ideas to improve our practices. The next one on January 29th will feature five artists giving mini artist talks. So it will be a great time to learn about new artists and get to know some fellow art educators. We would love to see you there. This week's episode is a bit different from many episodes in that my guest is not an art educator. Amanda Gorman is a childbirth educator who uses the birthing from within methodologies which incorporate art making into birthing classes. She talked about how art making is a wonderful way to prepare for the messy and unknown parts of giving birth and shared her own experience of moving from being a quote-unquote not creative person to wholeheartedly believing in the power of art. She shared her process for building trust and working with students who don't have art experience, as well as the reasons art making is included in a birthing course. We also talked a bit about the racial inequities around childbirth, and Amanda shared some wonderful links, including an episode from her own podcast, Finding Your Village, in which Cache Prescott shares her birth experience as a Black woman. Amanda Gorman is a wife, mother of two, and host of Finding Your Village podcast, and a certified birthing from within childbirth educator. In addition to her family, Amanda is passionate about writing, speaking, addiction and trauma recovery, music, 
social justice, and birth work. Her podcast focuses on birth, postpartum, and parent mental health. She teaches online childbirth classes that not only inform parents about the physiological aspects of birth, but also train parents to build a toolkit to cope with pain, become confident facing the unknown, and find their parenting village. Let's hear from Amanda. So I am talking with Amanda Gorman, who is not that Amanda Gorman, (laughs) Amanda Gorman of Finding Your Village, which is a little bit different. So she is a childbirth educator, a mom, and also a podcaster, a little bit different from our usual guest. But what I was excited about is that Amanda works with birth art in her childbirth education. So I will let you tell more. And I like to just start with kind of your journey, if you could tell us how you got to where you are now. Sure, absolutely. Well, hello, and thank you again for having me today. I'm so glad to be talking with you. And I am a mom of two. I live just outside Atlanta, Georgia. I have a almost three-year-old and a five-year-old. And my journey to becoming a teacher, instructor, mentor, I use all of those words (laughs) in the childbirth realm in doing birth work really started when I had my kids and became really fascinated with with birth in general and really fascinated with what that experience would be like for me. And then Mm -hmm. I found that I my interest in birth grew after I gave birth. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it did not just stop with my own birth experience, but I just I find birth to be the most common miracle in the world. Mm-hmm. Even though it's it is quite common, it is still a miracle in my eyes every time. And so after I had my son, I started the Finding Your Village podcast, which the goal is to make the early days of parenting more connected. And so really, I focus on birth, postpartum, and parent mental health. But a big emphasis on that is birth, especially because I decided to become a childbirth educator after doing the podcast for about a year or a little less than a year. And so I trained under this program called Birthing From Within. And the woman who started Birthing From Within and who wrote the book called Birthing From Within, her name is Pam England. And not only is she a birth educator, but she is also an artist. And so when she wrote Birthing From Within and she came up with really this program of preparing for birth, however a baby was going to be born, whether that was a home birth or a hospital birth with an epidural or a cesarean birth, she actually experienced, I think, all of those. And she basically, part of her methodology is processing your thoughts about birth, your limiting beliefs about whatever the world has taught you about birth through art. And so a big part of the Birthing from Within program and about her methodology is using what she calls birth art to really integrate what your thoughts are about birth. And then also she uses it as a tool and tactic to prepare for birth. And I would be happy to talk about that more, but just bring, just answering your first question, bringing it all together of how I got started and why art has anything to do with preparing to give birth. (laughs) Right. Well, I love that. I feel like it almost, almost (laughs) makes me want to have another because (laughs) 
that w- I feel like that would have been so helpful for me. Yeah. I read all the books. I like had sort of this beautiful idea of what it was going to be like. And then of yeah. course, you know, throw that all out the window. It doesn't happen any, yes. any way that you expect it to happen. Yes, exactly. Being able to process that through art, maybe both before and after would have been yes. so helpful. Yeah. But yes, I would love to hear more about <laughs> Absolutely. And another thing is that Pam England, she started birthing from within, but then she actually sold it to a different group of owners who are also childbirth educators and doulas. And after she sold the birthing from within program, she started her second mission and project, and that is called Birth Story Medicine. And Mm -hmm. she is a birth story listener and she trains other birth story listeners, which Mm -hmm. they also can use art to process birth story. And so it is something Mm -hmm. that you can absolutely utilize after giving birth to just process what happened. What does that mean to me? Is there anything Mm -hmm. left over that I do need to process? So going back though to birth art as a tool for preparing to give birth, the idea is that birth has a whole lot of unknowns. Just like you said, Mm -hmm. you can read all the books, you can know (laughs) all the terminology, you can have a birth plan. And then when you actually go into labor, or if you're induced, or, you know, however, the end of your pregnancy and the beginning of your labor starts, it's really entering the realm of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons we use birth art processing is because when you take a blank canvas or a blank sheet of paper and you take an art medium, we usually use chalk pastels Mm -hmm. because they are very messy and birth is really messy. (laughs) (laughs) So that's usually the medium that we use to, to do this birth art processing. But really, when you have any medium, paint, markers, pens, colored pencils, crayons, anything, and you have a blank sheet of paper or a blank canvas, then you get to practice observing what you do when you don't know what to do. What are you going to put on the paper? What is going to appear before you? How are you going to tackle this project, this process? Mm-hmm. And so the the other reason why this is a great processing technique for for getting ready to give birth is because and you know bringing the pastels into it birth is messy art can be messy that process of creating you kind of have to get dirty and and get into it but the other thing is that we think about really how our brains work and so you know most people are familiar with like left part of your brain, right part of your brain. The left part of your brain is more analytical, more logical. The right part of your brain is more creative, more intangible. And when you are creating art, the right side of your brain lights up a little bit more. The The left side of your brain kind of can relax a little bit more. And then when you go into labor, the same thing happens. The left side of your, side of your brain kind of conserves calories and conserves energy and just kind of dials back its normal functioning. And the right side of your brain is actually more active. And so when you practice this, especially for people that are not, are not artists, are not, wouldn't even consider themselves creative that do not, you know, they haven't played with any type of art medium since they were in elementary school to give them a chalk pastel and a blank canvas they might be used to using the left side of their brain 
all the time in their everyday job, mm -hmm. in you know making lists and what they're going to do. And so really practicing this kind of exercises that muscle of like, mm -hmm. oh, this is interesting. This is outside of my, my typical norm. So those are mm -hmm. a few of the reasons why we use birth art as a process and why we spend people's precious time in a birth class where they think they're just going to learn about breathing and, you you know, epidurals and like what crowning means exactly and what to expect. We spend their important time doing a birth art process so that they can mm -hmm. practice observing what they do when they don't know what to do, going into mm -hmm. the unknown, using the right side of their brain and really getting messy and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I love all the sort of metaphors in there and yeah. just how, you know, it's this messy process. There's so much unknown, even the idea of creation that, I mean, the most incredible thing I've created is my child. Exactly. <laughs> like, I've made a lot of art, but <laughs> yeah, she's, you know, trumps it all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. And a question came up as you were talking that I feel like I've had, I've talked about this idea with other art educators that, you know, we, when we're teaching art in a classroom, that we are constantly asking kids to put something on a blank canvas to like go into that unknown. And how do we do that? Like, how do you, and I, I guess that's the question for you, how do you build up kind of the trust there? And how mm. do you approach that process with your students? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and that's something that honestly is really personal to my story. And when I actually mm. kind of gave into that idea of, of doing birth art myself. So I mm. took a birthing from within class when I was pregnant with my second child with my son. And I read the birthing from within book before I actually took the class. And in the original birthing from within book, there's a whole chapter on birth art. And I considered myself not creative, not interested in doing art myself because I didn't think that I had mm -hmm. a lot of abilities or talents or even interest. So I just skipped mm -hmm. that whole chapter. I was just like, yeah. oh, I don't need this part of the book. That's lovely for people who are creative, who love art. That's just not me. And so I skipped the whole chapter. <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, I went to the Birthing from Within class. And the way that my instructor who introduced me to this, this class, the way that she established trust with me and kind of led me to approaching that birth art process is she explained some more, you know, kind of the practical information about birth and explained, you know, some terms and what's going to happen with my body. And then we did this, this exercise where basically you draw a labyrinth and she takes us through the process of, okay, step one, make an X, step two, connect these dots, you know, very simple instructions. And then she took us through this process of, of kind of unraveling our first birth story. And this was a class for second time or third time parents. And we could use like little symbols or even words if that was something we were more comfortable with. And she really just kind of built some scaffolding to get us to a place where we were comfortable putting our chalk pastel to paper and to come up with some type of image that represented a, a part of our birth story or even a word. And so 
I, I was comfortable with doing that birth art process of drawing that labyrinth and thinking about it and using it as a tool to process my first birth story. And then when I actually went through training to become a childbirth educator myself, we, as the, the educators in training, had to do a lot of birth art processes because you want to practice what you're going to instruct on, what you're going to teach right. about. And so I was able to practice that more myself. Those instructing instructors, <laughs> the the train the trainers, they did the exact same thing that my initial birth instructor did, which was building the scaffolding and really explaining the why behind the reason why we're taking time out of our training to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to take both of those samples and bring that to my class. And that's exactly what I do with my clients. And so I say, you know, we're going to talk about practical information, kind of like textbook birth stuff. We're going to talk about pain coping techniques because many parts of birth can be uncomfortable. Even if you have an epidural, even if you have pain medication, there is physical pain, there is emotional pain, there is just uncomfortability in being in the unknown. So we're going to talk about that and practice it. And then we're going to do an embodied experience because birth is a whole body experience. And so that is where the birth art comes in. And so when I explain it like that and kind of build up that scaffolding for like, it all is connected and it all fits together. Usually people are like down with it and they understand the reason (laughs) why they are going to take some time out of this, this class to actually do this. And I also will kind of give them permission to do this thing that maybe they haven't done since elementary school by saying, it's not about your talent, your ability, your skills. I don't even have to look at your finished product. The whole purpose is the actual process of Mm -hmm. creating, not about what you have created, but just the process of practicing and just being brave and courageous and putting something down on paper. Yeah, I think that especially, you know, focusing on the process and letting them know like you don't have to share what you're making, that I feel like takes a lot of the pressure off. Yeah. And then also creates that like that it's it's about what you're doing right now with your body, with your hands and your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. I loved hearing how you felt like you weren't an artist, you weren't a creative person, but you've come to really embrace this and see the importance of it. Oh, yeah. Do you feel like has it pushed you to want to make art more just in your daily life or want to, you know, like, make art with your kids, any of that sort of thing? Has this changed that or not? (laughs) It it really has changed it. And Mm -hmm. not just in the idea of making art like fine art, painting, sculpting, you know, that that idea when you hear the word art, but really it has impacted me in thinking of myself as a creative person. So I really didn't mm-hmm. think I was creative. I thought it was very logical, very task oriented, love making lists, very type A. And that is true of me. And mm-hmm. I have realized after going through this process, I have realized I am a creative person. And I brought that to my podcast. Like that helped yes. me to say, 
you know what? I have this idea of starting this podcast. Like, I don't know why the heck I think that I should do this, why it's a good idea. But it was that creative side in me that was like saying, hello, hi, I would like, I would like an outlet. I would like to come out and play. And, yeah. and even that idea of playing, like it seemed like I, I equated making art because I am not an artist. Like, I don't think that I have a, an ability and a great talent in making beautiful art. And so to me, I equated art with playing and something that I did as a mm -hmm. child. And so giving it uh, a certain air of importance and saying, you know what, there is time and space for, for playing and being creative and letting my imagination just kind of have a moment in time. That was totally awakened in doing this birth art. And then it was even like further strengthened as I went through my teacher training, my educator training. And then it, you know, pops up in the podcast. And then another thing that I've started doing in the last year is writing and doing creative nonfiction writing. And that's something Ooh. that I never thought about doing. But I absolutely put it in the same bucket as creating artwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love how it's kind of awakened those creative, you know, like I've heard people say everyone has a creative bone in their body. It's just kind of finding it. So exactly. yours have been have been awakened. Yes. <laughs> yes, they absolutely have. One thing that I talk a lot about, especially within education, but I see it's it's a huge topic within motherhood and birthing too, is the racial inequities and mm -hmm. thinking about maternal mortality, maternal morbidity. Yes. Totally changing subjects, but I feel like yeah. that's an interesting topic, an important topic to, to think about. Yeah. And I'm curious, you probably know a lot more than I do. I'm curious if that's something that you've talked about on your podcast or if there's mm -hmm. if there, you have any episodes you could kind of recommend. Yeah, yeah, that is a very important topic to me. And I'm glad that you brought it up because mm -hmm. it needs to be talked about more. And not everybody is even aware of the disparity. That is a racial disparity. It isn't even, it's not socioeconomic. It is specific to race. And depending yeah. on the area of this country, country, the United States that you live in, the disparity can be as high as a, a person that is of African American descent has a four times more likely chance to die during childbirth or in the wow. childbearing process, like so that could be after birth as well, oh. than a Caucasian person. In some areas, it's nine times higher. In the state wow. of New York, in some areas, it is nine times higher. Oh. And so it's, it is really important because we're talking about lives of not just mothers, but children as well, and birthing people in general. And I have done a few episodes about it. I did one in particular. I will look up the, I don't remember the uh, episode number off the top of my head, mm -hmm. but I did an interview with a wonderful person that's also a fellow Georgian and her name is Cache Prescott. And she told her story about, mm -hmm. and she is a black woman living in Georgia. And she told her story about childbirth and how really her pain and her experience was really undermined and it was she wasn't listened to and she almost died she hemorrhaged oh. and she she just had a really traumatic birth and a really hard experience but thankfully because she and her husband both advocated for her and for for herself she survived uh, but mm -hmm. it it really comes down to things like that and there are so many stories i mean there's stories 
from, and again, it is not, it doesn't have to do with socioeconomic status at all. There are just countless stories and it really does come down to implicit bias. Mm -hmm. This has been studied. This is also my opinion, but it's not just implicit bias that is a huge contributing factor, but it's also the health disparities and access to health care and right. how different that can be for different parts of the country in different regions, rural versus suburban versus urban, as well as in in different races as well. So yeah, this is that's a really big topic. So I would I'll give you the the episode link so you can include it in the show notes of this episode. But my yeah. the, my episode with with Cache is the first one that comes to mind that's a firsthand story of someone's lived experience. Right. Which yeah. is so important to, yeah. you know, listen to those stories. Totally and agree. just hear, especially for those of us who haven't had that experience and never yeah. can, never will. Exactly. Just to really listen and, and hear what they have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And we will link to that. Yeah, thank you for that. And thanks for asking the question and bringing this up. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, and then I'd love maybe we'll follow up if you have any other sort of resources or yeah. yes. I feel like you might know more than I do. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would I would be happy to. Mm-hmm. I'll not only include that link to that episode for my podcast, but I have a lot of other resources that I can include. And the last thing I'll say about that is one of the reasons why I chose Birthing from Within to be the certification program that I went in to become a, a birth educator is because they that organization puts a huge emphasis on social justice in birth work mm-hmm. and decolonizing birth work and mm-hmm. you know being aware of implicit biases and there we actually have like specific calls for BIPOC birth workers to actually talk about and process their own experiences and their experiences with mm-hmm. clients because there needs to be a space for that we also have calls for people that are not people of color to learn, to learn in a space where it's not the responsibility of someone that is of color to actually explain like what the issues are and kind of have that burden of teaching. And so that's that. And there are, we are constantly being sent. We actually have like regular standing calls to talk about this, to talk about racism in childbirth and birth work and perinatal care in general. And so that is one of the other main reasons why I actually chose to go through birthing from within as my certification process. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so important to just have that ongoing work. And I love how they also like you talked about kind of splitting it up and I've heard yeah. that as like sort of affinity groups where yes yeah you're you're split so that there isn't that burden exactly on the people of color that are in the group yeah or yeah. more you know trauma even right. if it's inadvertent but just yep mm-hmm. keeping keeping through space. through through our ignorance through our yes. like learning process that, exactly yeah yeah it's important yeah. but it's also important to, to protect people yeah right exactly Thank you. That's so important to talk about. And I'm yeah. I'm glad that you have more resources that we'll be able to share. So I will link to all of that. Thank you. And I do also like to ask, you know, these are usually questions for artists, but sure. one of my favorite questions just to really ask anybody is what are you curious about? Oh, very big, broad question. <laughs> like, yes. What are your current sort of curiosities? 
Yeah. I, so that's like a new thing for me, just being, being okay, being curious. Like it kind of came about with the advent of me, like tapping into my creativity. I think they go hand in hand. So I love that question. The things that I am curious about are also the things that I'm passionate about. And so I call them my spheres of interest. And I'm looking up because I actually created some artwork that goes along with its graphic design artwork, but still that kind of gives my spheres of interest. So what I am curious about and interested in is writing about the process of it, about creativity, about recovery. So a Mm -hmm. recovery from trauma, from addictions as well, specifically about, I'm also curious about birth work, anything about birth. I am there. I'm here for it. Like I will talk about that one, right? (laughs) Music. I'm also a Mm -hmm. musician. And so yeah, learning different ways of approaching music. Um, Definitely curious about that. And then social justice and racial reconciliation specifically within the church is something that I'm very curious about right now and have been doing a lot of work in and research in. So for me, those are the big ones in addition to being curious about my kids right now and my family and how we have gotten through this very difficult last year and a half in the pandemic and my daughter being in kindergarten and like being curious about how I am handling that and processing my own emotions that are surprising to come up about that. Yeah. So that's a great question. So those that's a it's a long answer. Sorry about that, but <laughs> that's what I'm really curious about right now. No, I love it. Yeah. I feel like I would have a really long list of things too. <laughs> like this and this and this and what oh wait, there's yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How has this totally off topic, but yeah. how has this experience with having your daughter start kindergarten been? This yeah. is just this fall, right? Yes. Yeah. Like two yeah. months ago, we started the literally on August 2nd in Georgia, we start really early, which oh, that yeah, was just that interesting to me. Yeah. But it's been, it has been good and bad. I wouldn't even say like bittersweet because that doesn't quite explain it, mm-hmm. but it's been good and challenging. I'll say it that way. It's mm-hmm. really been a good, positive, happy experience to see her get out of the car by herself and put on her little backpack and march into school on her oh. own. Like that's been precious. It also pulls at my heartstrings. And so that's been a little bit challenging, like to be like, does she know where, where her classroom is? Like who's going to help right. her? Oh. But what is, what's been surprisingly challenging to me is how offended I have been about the idea of having to like be responsible for her homework and for Mm -hmm. all of the admin stuff that goes along with it. I'm kind of had, I had this like righteous indignation of like, I have already gone through school. Thank you very much. (laughs) Why am I in charge of 11 logins and portals for my daughter who is five to get through Mm -hmm. public elementary school? And like, she has homework, but who's making sure it's done? Me, I am, and her dad. Mm -hmm. Like we share that responsibility, but I'm like offended about it. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I'm going to have to bring that to my therapist to discuss. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, yeah, I well, kind of find some humor in it. I laugh at myself a little bit, but if I'm being honest, there is also some righteous indignation. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's, I feel like we had a bit of, I was going to say like a buffer because yeah. my daughter did Zoom kindergarten last oh, year. Yeah. So we didn't have to say goodbye and send her off anywhere, but we sure. did have to like help her teacher teach her at Ooh, home. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah, very different experience, but I can only imagine. I totally hear that sort of frustration at having to be so responsible for all the like we forgot to send her homework folder and yes. she got really upset when she realized and I was like, I don't know what to like I can't <laughs> fix it now. I can email your teacher and say oops, like right. that's all I can do. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. I love how they like I don't know, my daughter at least becomes such a little rule follower and yes. like she was very upset that we forgot her homework one day oh <laughs> that's so cute yeah. she's like but you know the teacher is gonna be angry right <laughs> like I don't think she will really <laughs> like you're in first grade exactly <laughs> <laughs> then the other this is more of just like a fun get to know you question what mm -hmm. is your favorite food Mm. So that's a hard question. That's harder than I would think it would be. You know, I eat it every day, so this is strange, but I think eggs. I eat eggs every mm. day. I think that's my favorite food. <laughs> They're a good staple. They are. Yeah. <laughs> and then is there anything we missed? Anything you would want to bring up? You know, I think that think this was a great conversation and we covered it all. The The last thing I'll leave you with is if anybody is interested in taking a childbirth class or interested in, in birthing from within and or birth story medicine. So if you've already given mm -hmm. birth and you're like, oh, I, I want to process my birth story, I can absolutely leave a link to that. So I am a birthing from yeah. within childbirth educator. So I teach those classes myself. I'm not a birth story mm -hmm. listener, but I have many colleagues who are fantastic and I would love mm -hmm. to leave a link to their availability if anyone is interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was also going to ask if you could share your links with yes. listeners. Yeah. Where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. I would be happy to do that. And if anyone is interested in taking a birth class, if you're expecting or know a friend that's expecting, I teach mm -hmm. virtual birth classes. And so it's via Zoom. So really anywhere where you're within a time zone that would work <laughs> with the <laughs> Eastern time zone, which which I'm on, I would love to have you. And so my website is www.findingyourvillage.com. And then on social media, I'm also at Finding Your Village. So I spend a lot of time on Instagram and TikTok at Finding Your Village. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Amanda. This was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can reach me at Teaching Artist Podcast on Instagram or teachingartistpodcast at gmail.com. Who do you want to hear from? Please share your recommendations of teaching artists. And if you loved this episode, please subscribe, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow me. It really makes a big difference. Thank you. Thank you.